Anger is, in certain contexts, an indication of spirituality, of maturity, of Jesus-likeness. I have to have scriptures in my head that I'm ready to meditate on that minute to help keep me from getting to that explosive anger place. Welcome to 1A, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church, episode 19. We're looking at emotions this spring, and this week we conclude our discussion of anger and wrath. I'm Josh Squires, the Minister of Counseling and Congregational Care here at First Pres. You're listening to 1A, a podcast designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. If this is your first time listening, we appreciate you checking us out. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and those around you. For more information, you can visit our webpage, which is firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. To find out how to contact us or how to subscribe, listen to the end of the show. If you do find this ministry useful, then subscribe using the application of your choice. And every Monday, a new episode will be waiting for you. While you're there, leave us some comments. As we increase the number of reviews and comments, it becomes easier for others to find our podcast. In this episode, we review the necessity of wrath in God and in man. We talk about the differences between millennials and baby boomers and the way they deal with anger. We discuss when anger becomes sinful and wrap up with a discussion about what it means not to let the sun go down on your anger. Before we get to our episode, I want to take a moment to thank our listeners. We've seen more people like and comment on our content in the past few weeks than ever. We've got listeners not only all across the U.S., but also on three different continents. Please keep your feedback coming, and keep sharing our content via Facebook or Twitter, or however you think people might like to learn about us. As our listenership increases and engages with us, it helps us to know that this is a viable ministry. Now, on to Derek and me wrapping up our discussion of wrath and anger. Last episode, we ended with a comment by you, Dr. Thomas, that we need to explore this some more. And the this that you were talking about was how we are angry without sinning. So can we pick up from there? Sure. We're referring here to the uh, verse in Ephesians. Uh, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your Wrath, wrath, <laughs> wrath. Um, you know, and that raises a number of issues. First of all, some of them are psychological and therapeutic issues that that you can address for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been told in one form or another since I was a child, you should suppress your anger. Hmm that the mature thing, and this isn't necessarily coming from Christians, although I, I, I do sometimes hear this in Christian circles, that, that you should suppress your anger. And the, the sort of comment that would be made that if you are expressing any, ooh, you know, yeah. ooh, he's angry, as if that, that is essentially bad. A sign of immaturity. Yeah, or something worse. Mm. Uh, instability. Mm. Um, a, a malicious temperament or, or, you know, whatever. Right. 
Um, so here's, here's a statement of Paul uh, commanding us to be angry. Mm. Uh, plus then you've got uh, several comments in the Gospels, for example, that Jesus was angry. He looked around at the, at the Pharisees and was angry with them. Mm. Um, and from a theological point of view, Wrath is God's reflex, the reflex of his holiness towards sin. And to that extent, I think that should be mimicked mm. by us, mm. that sin should anger mm-hmm. you, should cause righteous indignation. You know, if whatever it is, child abuse, um, animal abuse, abortion, uh, on demand, th- that if these things do not anger you, what does that say? What does it say about the issue itself? But what does it say about you? Mm. So be angry. Uh, n- not only that it is right to be angry, it's more than that. N- that it is wrong not to be mm. angry. Uh, that anger is, in certain contexts, an indication of spirituality, of maturity, of Jesus-likeness. Hmm. Right? So that if sanctification is to be conformed to the image of Christ, hmm. to be made more like Jesus, as Paul indicates in Romans 8, we were foreknown, predestined, called, justified, glorified, in order that we might be conformed to the image of his Son. Hmm. Right? So conformity to the image of Christ is what sanctification is about. So an aspect of that sanctification is, does sin make you angry? You know, are you complacent about sin? Mm. And and not just other people's sin. We're all angry about other people's sin. Right. But, but am I complacent about my own sin? So that, first of all. It's interesting, by the way, to me, that for your generation, if I could put it in those excuse terms. Excuse me? I, I know, I know. Just, just, just a half generation or so. Um, that there is the idea that emotions are to be suppressed as a sign of stability, whereas people currently, uh, millennials, even Gen Xers like myself, the opposite is really the, the message that you hear. There's a, a genuineness to living where all your emotions are just out for everybody. And so they almost need to hear the opposite um, in, in the sense of be angry and sin not. What does it mean to it's, – it's okay to be angry, but what does the extra added piece of sin not mean in that anger? Yeah, that's a useful observation uh, sociologically that um, my generation for sure was enamored of a, a kind of self-control of one's emotions producing something of an equilibrium that that the measurement of of maturity was a kind of even keel equilibrium mm. and um but your generation you know and and we needn't be hard and fast about these broad strokes d- distinctions but but let let it all hang out there yeah 
And uh, so, be angry and sin not. And, and it's probably true to say that of all the emotions, anger is probably the one that's the most difficult to control. Mm. Because anger is, in one sense, an emotion. Mm. It's more than an emotion, but it's it, it's no less than an emotional response, mm-hmm. a, a vehemence. You know, in the in the Hebrew, you, you've got ideas, connotations of the flaring of nostrils, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. uh, like a like a horse, I guess. Mm. And um, not to lose control, you know, that's that's, that's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, Mm-mm. evidently. But what does it mean? Be angry and sin not. You know, when does anger become sin? Well, I guess, I guess, first of all, the what is the motivation for anger? Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it the defilement of the holiness of God, or or is it something more selfish? Right. Which, when I see it in the room, it is often some sense of injustice that you have not treated me with the respect I think I deserve, rather than something theological. Right. R- responses that often begin with, I'm offended about this or yeah. that or the other, or I'm, I feel hurt. Mm-hmm. My feelings have been hurt. And um, so there's definitely a sense in which anger becomes sin when you lose control. Right. Uh, bad temperedness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who f- flips easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, buttons get pushed and they, they lose control. Right. Predictably and and often. Yes. Um, well, and this is, sorry, not to cut you off, this is actually one of the pieces that is a wrong assumption by people who often have anger problems. Um, and that is that they think the trigger, whatever it is that's causing the anger, that's going to change. People are no longer going to cut me off in traffic, or my wife's no longer going to say anything that makes me angry. My kids are no longer going to roll their eyes at me. Those things happen. Life happens. Those triggers happen. And so it is about setting oneself up so that when they happen, what do you do about it? Sometimes it's meditating on what am I going to do the next time someone cuts me off in traffic? What are the, what are the scriptures that I can use right then? And, and we're not talking about time enough to open your phone and Google scriptures on anger. You're talking the millisecond I have to have scriptures in my head that I'm ready to meditate on that minute uh, to help keep me from getting to that kind of explosive anger place. Yes, and that's probably a good example. It's a, it's a, it's a very strange thing that we feel a sense of emotional bond with the 15 or 20 yards that's in front of our car. It is if, very odd. And if anyone pulls into that my space, right? That they have violated something deep within mm. that ex- that causes you to explode, mm. and we've probably all done that at some point or another. Some mm. m- more than others, for sure. And mm. and the whole phenomenon of 
road rage that that has almost an impersonal character because you don't even know this person. Right. You never met this probably you never met this person before and hopefully you never will meet this person. But but it becomes very personal and mm. and to the degree to which any one of us has experienced that kind of anger. Now, p- people do crazy things and and almost scrape the paint off your car. Right. Right, that's one thing. But but we've all experienced that sense of my space here has been violated. Right. Uh, because uh, of a certain traffic maneuver that's taken place. Right. Someone's taken a left right in front of me right. for for some reason, and that right. really offends me. Right. Yeah. Um, but and and we've all done what it is that angers us to someone else. <laughs> that is absolutely true. And it was perfectly justifiable. Right. Because we were hungry, and and Chick Fil A was right there on the corner, and we ne- we just needed to go. So there's 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 a maliciousness, there's mm. a bad temperedness, there's a, a selfishness, mm-hmm. uh, all of which make the expression of anger uh, sinful. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, on your anger, on your wrath. Yeah. Now, what, is, what does this mean? Yeah, and there are you know there, there's there's more than one interpretation here. Mm. You, you can take it in a literal sense, and I've, I've more often than not thought of it in a literal sense. We've applied this term marriage. Mm. You, you had a spat with your significant other, and you shouldn't go to sleep before you've said, I'm sorry. Mm. Please forgive me. Mm. I was a wretch. Mm. I, I was I was childish and selfish and mean and horrible mm. and please forgive me. Um I think I remember reading Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones's sermon on this in Ephesians. Mm. In those that series seven volume series of sermons on Ephesians uh that he preached in, in Westminster Chapel in London. Um and I seem to recall him saying, you know, you, you should, you should not put your head on the pillow mm. until you have sought, um, forgiveness. And, and I think in a marriage, that's, that's really good advice. Mm. I mean, that is really good advice. Uh, because if you don't, this is going to be a three or four day thing. Right. And at the end of it, you've forgotten what it is you're angry about. You just, you just know that you're angry yeah. about something. And she needs to be saying sorry. Right. So I think that's a good principle. I think that would be a good thing to say in marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Seems seems rather weird. But every marriage has these moments. Sure. For whatever reason. But is that what that text is saying? <laughs> well, uh you know, there are times when you 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 can't you can't speak to the person. Right, so you can't deprive yourself of sleep for a week before, you know. So you, there has to be some maneuverability within the text. I, I think my disposition is to interpret the text, you know, fairly, fairly literally. Hmm. I think, but you, I mean, you can interpret it. Do not let the sun go down. Don't let, don't let this anger become a place of darkness. So it's, hmm. it then becomes something else. It becomes bitterness. Right. 
it becomes something of an entity of itself and and i and I think that's that's a possible interpretation too um just a resentful bitterness well and what do you think it means well it's a good question i mean I've heard both interpretations. I tend to probably lean on the second one and ephesians four thirty one says let all bitterness anger and wrath be put aside let let go i, f- I forget what the 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 ultimate command there is but but you are to put it off it is something you are supposed to mortify not something you're supposed to vivify or or bring to to life so i've tended to interpret it in light of that particular text though i think the principle that you should never go to bed especially in um your marital life without trying to make sure that you're okay relationally with your spouse is actually a really good principle. Um, and one that's not actually highly valued nowadays. Um, again, it's the genuineness. I can be where I'm going to be and you can be where you're going to be. And we'll just pick this up whenever authentic. Yeah. Be authentic. Um, and, and I find authenticity often an excuse for sin, to be quite honest. Uh, however, I, I do think that there is, uh, in Paul, as, as I would as I would interpret it, I think it's a command to make sure that that anger does not become the grounds for the root of bitterness, similar to, to what Hebrews would say there, and that we're allowing an expression of that anger uh, that's appropriate. Talking about why we're angry is part of what keeps us from then becoming bitter with the person that we're angry with, and so doing that in a in an appropriate way. I remember being told around, I think, this text and RTS Jackson when I was doing my marriage and family therapy training. But there's a difference between a throw, a show, and a share, right? There's a difference between throwing where I am at somebody, showing somebody where I am, and then actually sharing it with them. And that it is part that I'm not going to throw this at you. I'm actually going to show it to you why I'm angry. And that helps me not be bitter, but also keeps me from being someone who's abusive to you. Last episode, I talked about how anger can be a secondary emotion that hurt, fear, and sadness can be behind it. If you can get behind it and you can find hurt, fear, sadness, and you can show that rather than showing anger, it's actually much more effective, and instead of just not creating bitterness, it can actually create intimacy. Throw, show, and share. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll take those three thoughts. Throw, show, and share. Good. You've been listening to 1A, a counseling ministry of First Presbyterian Church. We encourage you to listen to all our episodes, which you can find on our webpage at firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. You can also check us out on all your favorite podcasting applications, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, then subscribe. Also, don't forget to tell your friends and family about us as well. If you have comments, questions, or issues you'd like us to wrestle with, contact us. You can reach us at our email address, which is 1A at firstprescolumbia.org. That's 1A at firstprescolumbia.org. Or via our Twitter account, which is at 1A Podcast. That's at 1A Podcast. Or by phone, 803-281-1795. 803-281-1795. 
For Dr. Thomas, I'm Josh Squires. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, thanks for listening, and God bless.